Hello, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Frank, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, October 27, 2020, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 13. We will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph on page 13, which begins with, There I humbly and ends with a drink since. Today's readers are Yvette L., Lauren N., Katie G., and Margaret D. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, October 26, 2020, are 15,626 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 15626 and 15,629 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 15629. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 Steps and 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Yvette L. to read the OA 12 Steps. Good morning, my name's Yvette L. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New Britain, Connecticut. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service. Thank you for your service, Yvette L. Lauren, I will now ask Lauren N. to read the OA 12 tradition. Can you hear me, Rebecca? I hear you loud and clear, Lauren N. Very good. Lauren N., compulsive overeater sugar addict from New York. Thank you very much for allowing me to do service today. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. The three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, or and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, OA, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever remind, reminding us to place principles before personalities. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much for letting me do service. Well, thank you for doing service, Lauren N. from New York. Uh, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, Everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book, and we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 13. 
we will be reading and commenting on the second paragraph on page 13, which begins with, there I humbly, and ends with, a drink since. I will now ask Katie F. to go ahead and read, Katie G., I beg your pardon, Katie G., <laughs> to go ahead That's and read okay. that That's okay, Katie F. is a rock star. You can call me Katie F. anytime. Hey, this is Katie G, actually. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston. Thanks for your service, Rebecca. There I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him, to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend to take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. Okay, so Bill's taken step three, and then we move on, and he talks about step six. Step four is coming up tomorrow. But, um, you know, I remember the first time I took step three and just shaking. My whole body was, like, palpating because my life was in shambles. And, um, you know, my favorite thing about step three that we all know is I don't turn my will and my life over to the care of God in step three. I make a decision, right, like um, in how it works, it talks about what I've been doing up to this point, forever trying to arrange the lights, the scenery, the ballet. Am I willing to admit that my life is absolutely in shambles? And God, you show me. I don't even know what my will in my life is. You know, I don't know what my thoughts and actions are. And so the whole point of moving forward with the steps is to figure out, okay, what are what's my will in my life? What are my thoughts and actions? You know, I'm like a burnt out house, so you got to dig deep and show me, you know, the 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 false ways I've been living my life because food has been my solution my whole life. I do not know how to have human relationships. I do not know how to function. I don't I don't know how to do anything really at, at all. And that's what step three is about for me, you know. And so many times I hear people talk about getting recovered and 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 managing their life and. For for me, my book doesn't tell me that. My book tells me I get the proper use of the will, right? And then, um, and then I get a new manager. And uh, I also love the imagery here that it talks about step six, root and branch. And what I've been taught is root. Root is attached to the body, the origin, the source. And the branch is a part of the character defect I don't like. So I am, I'm a fearful woman. Right, and so what happens? Well, I get these branches. I judge people. I am so judgmental. And and what don't I like about that? It makes me really unhappy. Like it's kind of hard to walk around with a judgmental ticker tape parade in in your head all the time. But am I willing to let go of the root? Am I willing to let go of the self righteousness of the fear? Am I willing to make myself vulnerable? Am I willing to be one among many? You know, and I have to say over the um. Over the last couple months, God has been showing me how much he's changed me and yet how much there is to go. I've had wonderful friends talking to me about their experiences in being in relationship with me. And and one of them whom I made amends to, I never thought I would be friends with again. And today we are. And today she's offered me grace and she's showing me, um, she's paving the way. Even saying this makes me raw and vulnerable. But you know what? It doesn't matter because my life is not in not my business today. I have a relationship with God. I am recovered. And I'm willing to do whatever it is I need to do because the branches aren't fun but the root is worse 
You know, I don't want to live as a fear-based woman the rest of my life. And today, God willing, I can trudge with all of you for these 24 hours and not. And with that, I do pass. Thanks for letting me serve. Thank you, Katie G. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. So if you would like to share on the second paragraph on page 13 in the big book, There I Humbly Threw a Drink Since, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Evan U. Lynn S. Wait, Karen K. Wait, wait one second. Was it who was after Lynn S.? Tom A. Tom A. And then Karen, what was it? K is in kite. Okay, gotcha. Anyone else? Evan U. I have you, Evan U. As first. Oh, thank you. And then Lynn S. Tom A. Karen K. Lucy. Oh, I didn't catch either. I think there might have been two names. Teresa P. Teresa P., I heard you. Lou B. Was it Lou B.? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Was there anyone else waiting and or trying to speak? <clears throat> okay. We have our lineup then. Evan U., Lynn S., Tom A., Karen K., Teresa P, Lou B, and if I got your name wrong, please correct me when it's your turn. Evan U, please go ahead. Oh my gosh, I'm first. Hi, this is Evan U from California, but I'm in Houston right now. Um, thank you all for being here, and thank you, team. Is it Tuesday for being of service? I you know, uh, more and more I'm just waiting to share on this line when something really hits me, and this is really hitting me today. You know, there I humbly offered myself to God. That's a daily thing, you know, to to give myself at the most fundamental level, you know, to do with me as he would. I placed myself undeservedly under his care and direction, Um you know, I realized yesterday morning in prayer and meditation and talking with fellows that I'm leaving the job that I've worked at for the last five years. And I'm doing that because I feel like that's what my higher power is telling me to do. Not because I've created some plan for my life of what I'm going to do next, but just because listening to my deepest intuition and instinct that's what it's telling me to do. Um, I admitted for the first time that of myself, I am nothing. That without him, I, I am lost. Uh, that is, you know, for me, the, the beauty of this pandemic. You know, my life, is, my life has been great for a long time. And uh, I got so full of myself. And in this space we've had, in this pandemic to slow down, I realized that I was going a hundred miles a minute and that I was, the drive for success was on and uh, I had to take a step back and I hit this emotional bottom. And I appreciate what somebody said before, you know, 
um, about their lives and being in shambles. My life's not in shambles at all, but without God, I'm nothing. You know, uh, the places that I've got to, I didn't get there. God got me there. And then I started taking credit for grace. And so, um, you know, this step work has been amazing. It's completely restructured and reoriented my life and who I am. And it's changed all the values by which I've lived my life. You know, and I'm right here in this place of ruthlessly facing my sins and becoming willing to have them removed, root and branch. So this passage is to me because living under the care of God, giving myself to, you know, essentially I'm leaving my job because I understand that God's love is so great. And I'll wrap up. You know, and that he wants the very best for me. And I've been putting myself in too small a box. And I don't have to do that anymore. Uh, with that, I pass. Thank you all for being here. Rebecca, star one. Oh, my. I'm talking away. <laughs> Thank you. What I just said is, thank you, Evan Yu from California, but currently in Houston. And I forgot to mention that Katie G is from Boston. And Lynn S., it's your turn. <laughs> Good morning. This is Lynn S., recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I've been in program since 1989 and read the book, you know, a few hundred times as we all have because. You do, you know, you're in meetings and you read the book and everybody knows step three prayer, page 63. I mean, it's right there. And about, I guess it was last year, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, this paragraph lit up like the rays of the sun breaking through the cloud. You know those pictures that we all see, the spiritual pictures, and the, and the rays come down, and it fills your heart? And even now, even now, when I'm looking at this paragraph, the same thing happens. It's like it illuminates. This is Bill's third-step prayer right there. And it just... It fills me with awe and wonder. And as I read it, each line, each word spoke to me. And I thought, wow, isn't that amazing? You know, we can all cite these prayers off by rote, you know, and we learn them and, and you can, oh yeah, third step prayer and off we go. When this lit up on the page and in my heart, it was such an amazing experience to me. And as I read the words, you know, I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction that of myself I was nothing. Without him I was lost. And right then, the third step prayer on page 63, lovely, the rote one, and Bill's third step experience here spoke to me, and I 
it, the words just came into my head of how the third step prayer was now personalized for me. And it was an amazing experience. So I took the parts that were really speaking and had an impression on me out of Bill's and used them in a wonderful prayer on page 63 to make it a bit more mine. Or maybe, I don't know how to explain it, but the words amalgamated in, a, in such a way that I now have this incredible prayer that touches my heart just that little bit deeper. And that's how I find program works. It, it comes from the pages of the book into our head, and from our head it comes, you know, drops a little bit, and we're able to talk about it and stuff like that. And then it drops into my heart. And it's not that it wasn't in my heart for the first 31 years. Sure, it was there, but as I progress and program and walk a little farther along that path, Fine. thank you, it drops deeper and deeper into my heart. And this page, this paragraph still is glowing off the page. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Lynn S. from Toronto, Canada. Tom A. Uh, this is Tom, a uh, recovering and recovered uh, compulsive eater. Uh, so when I, I've been in uh, OA for 40 years, and when I first came, uh, someone said that we didn't read the big book, we studied it. And uh, I would say the coming of these meetings is, <laughs> and doing this a paragraph at a time is probably a uh, studying of the big book I've ever done. I really appreciate this. The, the word then jumps out at me uh, as I then understood him, God as I then understood him. It just makes clear that there's a very dynamic and ongoing process of spiritual awakening that, that these steps offer us and this program offers us. And I have the privilege of sponsoring people and who come with no concept of God and really a resistance and rebellion, just like I and others have had in the past. And somehow or other, uh, our, when we can admit complete defeat, uh, when I can admit complete defeat, I can then be open to a God who, can, who I can then learn to understand more by building a relationship through prayer and meditation and service. And that's what I see Bill doing. It, it's interesting to me that he doesn't talk about his spiritual awakening in his story at all. That he decided that that was a distraction. That what was more important was the fact that his uh, needing to hit bottom and then his surrender to, to his higher power as he understood him. And the fact that it's unreserved. Uh, and he says that over and over again. Who cares to admit complete defeat? Practically no one. Uh, and that for me is the daily challenge and invitation is, you know, my mind keeps telling me, well, I can figure that out a little, or I know this, or I know that. And it's the embracing the not knowing and surrendering to the higher power and letting the higher power decide. And I was lost. Uh, I was running to food, running to other substances, uh, I just, the pain in my life was too much for me. Uh, 
and I was making it more painful. And that's not a formula for success, to take pain and make it worse. And what the, the surrender allows me to do is to take pain and give it to a higher power and get recovery and to get a sweet, rich life. Uh, and then that that's a gift I don't want to miss. And to ruthlessly face, uh, I'm not a big fan of the word sins, but I understand what it means. And I have habits that get in the way and block me from my higher power and block me from loving other people and myself. And I need to look at them and root them out, kind of go down to the root and branch. And fear, he, he writes about fear throughout the book uh, as being central. And I find that when I pray to have my fears removed, that is the root. And that that allows me to love more deeply. And then when I pray to have an open and full heart, then I can, and I can do that without fear, then I'm more connected to my higher power. I just would close by saying I had a, something happened yesterday that sort of knocked me off balance. And I was off balance much of the day yesterday. I made calls and service works when all else fails. And I slept on it. And this morning I woke up with clarity. And that clarity is because I have a higher power and because I'm not using food or other substances to numb out pain when I'm off balance. I have a new way of living thanks to this program. So thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Tommy. Would you like to tell us where you're from? Yeah, Greenbelt, Maryland. Maryland. Thanks, Tommy. Karen Kay. Good morning. My name is Karen Kay, recovered compulsive eater from Syracuse, New York, and my credits don't transfer. I love this book, every every word. Um, I was blessed to be in a Region 5, um, a Region 3, Region 5, I don't know, convention. And the steps were given to me in three days. And Bill did, this is the beginning of Bill doing his steps, probably 24 to 30 hours. So he's taking step one through three. Then he becomes, does his fourth, his fourth step list. And then um, root is step C, step six, and seven is branch. And then he goes on with his friend, which is Abby, which he's going to do his step five. And that's all just fine. What's, what's beautiful is, is I got this call this morning from Goa, I India. And she's going to try to get on a vision for you. So I don't know if we have that in the country, but we shared our stories. And this is about surrender. My way did not work. And... When after that convention, and uh, this is where my credit stone transfer, I discovered that Bill did this divinely with God in 24 to 30 hours, done in three days. I was with a sponsor that weekend. And that Monday, I gave out my name and number, and God just rolled off my tongue, do the steps in seven days and that's the way it's been going it's not my will god does the work and i'm so blessed and honored and privileged to give back to oa i owe you guys a lot a vision for you saved my life i owe every one of you so much and i pray for you every day that we can do the next right thing i don't care if you're in the food well i do care but you know we, we have a solution here 
and the person that's going to put the fork down today and the person that is choosing to pick up the fork. I pray for you all, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Karen Kay from Syracuse, New York. Teresa P. Hi, this is Teresa P. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. I was just unmuting, so I assumed you called my name. And I'm from Riverside, California. And uh, I am a grateful um, recovered compulsive overeater. And, you know, and, and happy to say that I never thought I'd be um, grateful for the disease. And, but I am because it got me here through a lot of pain and a lot of self-will run riot because that's what I do. And I'm willing to try really, really hard. And my life was in shambles when I got the program. And, you know, and it, I can still run it there in a heartbeat. And when I forget that, you know, I turn my life and will over, you know, all the time. One more time. I do it every day. You know, thy will be done. And and then God's will happens. And uh and sometimes I'm really unhappy about it and a lot of fear. And then I still have the fear, that root and branch, that, that core, that root of fear just colors everything. And out of it, you know, grow all these terrible things. And, uh, and I've had this uh, little adventure with, uh, with a tooth that started bothering me. And I go in to get it fixed and uh, find out it's cracked and they can't fix it. So they pull it. And, uh, okay, and I had God right there with me, and uh, so we got through that. But now, you know, they put this little stuff in it, this bone stuff in it, and I think it's falling out. And I told them about it once, and they said it was fine, but I think it's, I can feel the hole deeper. And, you know, so now I can feel my feelings and see things and feel things. And, you know, and I just don't want to deal with it. I mean, why can't it just be okay, and I can get the bridge and be done? You know, I don't want to have to think that they're doing it wrong and and that I need to do something. And what I get to do one more time is just turn it over. Now, I've been doing a lot of 10 steps on this tooth. Uh, well, now this tooth hole. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and it, it's been, and it has been working. But, you know, I just get to do more. And it is one more time, you know, where God wants me to be. And... One of the things I say about God's will is, you know, I know God's will is being done, but I don't have to like it. And a lot of times I do not like God's will. It's uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable and I don't want to feel uncomfortable. So what I get to do one more time is, is, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Do the next indicated step. I need to call the dentist again and say, okay, this is going on. And uh, let me tell you, I've already run through the scenarios in my head, which is always a sign that I'm in self-will. Well, this is going to happen. This is happening. I should do the whole list and just go, okay, stop. Stop and pray on it. You know, do a 10-step. Talk to another recovered compulsive overeater. Do the next indicated Mm -hmm. step. That's all I can do. That is life. And, you know, be grateful for all the wonderful things that I have. And, uh, you know, and, you know, life in the pandemic has been so different. And I've, you know, mourned so many losses. And at the same time, I get to enjoy so many wonderful things for closer, a relationship with my husband uh, that I never thought I would have. 
uh, and and it's what I get to do because I've turned my life and will over to God, and God is revealing to me the treasures in my life that I have been too busy in self-will, you know, doing my way to see and enjoy. And I just dig it, be grateful for one more time that, you know, God is in control and, you know, he's in the driver's seat and I get to quit grabbing the wheel from him and let him drive. And I get, I'm along for the ride and join us in. Thank you for letting me share and I pass. Sorry, I cut you off. Lou B, and then we'll take more names. Good morning, everybody. This is Lou B from Texas. I'm a super grateful, uh, recovered compulsive overeater. So this morning, three words stick out to me. Um, Unreservedly, lost, and ruthlessly. So I really love this alternate um, prayer. And the reason I do is because the first two words, unreservedly and lost, you know, they just, unreservedly, I looked it up, it means completely and openly. So it means I'm going to just completely turn my life over to my higher power and do it openly, you know, and um, anyway, and then I, I really like that, you know, completely and openly and then the the word lost you know i looked that up unable to find one's way confused insecure in great difficulty and um i'm glad that word is here this morning for me to see because i was completely lost you know i listened to yesterday's meeting but right before this one because i wasn't able to be on the live meeting yesterday and and people were talking about um their last binges and uh and 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 I was thinking about mine, you know, and I was completely and totally lost. Um, another thing I'll say about <clears throat> about lost is um, I lost one of my sons, <clears throat> excuse me, for about, oh, I don't know, it was probably, you know, three and a half minutes when he was two years old, but it felt like an eternity and felt permanent. But it was such a, it was kind of the, on the other side of, of of being lost, losing someone, but it was so uh, overwhelming and, um, oh gosh, just, you know, distressing that, that when I read the word lost this morning, I thought about that time, you know, and, and um, maybe that's how God feels about me when I, when I was lost, you know, just wanted me so desperately to be with him and, and be back with him and, so that was another thought I had about that. And then finally, the third word is ruthlessly. And, you know, this one was interesting. I looked up I looked up definitions, and they, they were all like, you know, without concern for others and cruel and, you know, very negative. But then I ran across one example, and it said she protected – she ruthlessly protected those she cared about. And I guess that's maybe why I was thinking about my son when he was two this morning because, you know, I um, – people talk about that mother bear, you know, when our children are threatened and uh, – of course, we all have that, but but um, when I th- when I think about applying that to looking at my part, you know, in situations, I ruthlessly he ruthlessly faced his sins. You know, I ruthlessly look at my part. It means like <clears throat> I care about my recovery at the same level that I care about my children. You know, and um, that helps me. That helps me see how. Bill is telling us that, you know, this has got to be our priority. This has got to be something that um, that um, 
we do with with every fiber of our being. And I'm really grateful today to uh, to be here. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Luby from Texas. And I forgot to say Teresa P was from Riverside, California. Okay, um, if you haven't shared on Vision on Friday or Monday and would like to share on the second paragraph on page 13 in the big book of AA, there I humbly threw a drink since, you could try to give me your name and last initial and see if I hear it. Karen A. Nessa R. Uh, Christina J. Okay, wait, let's let's stop there because I have a feeling there were a number of names. So I think I heard a Melissa, did I? Yes, Melissa C. from New York. C. Karen okay. A. Karen A. Christina J. R. Okay, wait one sec. Christina J. And who was the other name? Nessa R. Oh, Nessa R. That's right. That's right. Um, and Elaine, so Elaine from New York. Could I speak also? Okay. Elaine F from New well, York. You know what, Elaine? If there's time, we'll see how it goes. Uh, and that is all the slots I have. So, um, Melissa C, please go ahead. Hi. Good morning, Rebecca. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and you know. Um, I love I love the third step prayer and I know like for me, um, you know, when it reached a critical level with with my food, right, with my weight, with my blood pressure, with my insanity around the food, I, I did reach a point where I was like, Yeah, okay, all right, I'll unreservedly put myself in your care, God, because 'cause I'm really screwing up and um and that was like terrifying on one level, but I had no choice left, and that became, like, really clear to me. Like, what are you choosing? Um, there is no choice. You know, uh, in your care, it's it's crumbling. You know, in my care, it was um, – I was, like, crippled by my fear. And, um, you know, and what I found out, and I love the wording of friend, like it says – that and it and it's a capital F, so I know it's God, right? I know that that they're referring to God. Um, as as you know, I love thinking of God as my as my friend. That's one of the ways that I really envision my higher power. I say it's my bestie. It's the one that has my back, that wants the best for me, and and not an earthly friend who sees like just what's happening right in front of me, but sees way beyond, way beyond what I can see. And when I unreservedly put myself in this friend's care, I am ultimately happy. You know, I, I don't know how to make myself happy. I think I do. But um, I found out that this friend really does. And, you know, the speaker before talked about, um, you know, thinking about their own recovery as, you know, like they protecting it like they would their child and and it's so for me it like really grabbed my attention because recently I've been saying the third step prayer just started for my kids because I realized um I'm struggling there with with parenting it's not easy guys you know um and I need to unreservedly put them in this friend's care and believe um you know it, it when I run when I do that 
It means I'm letting go of the outcome. It means I don't know what's best. And what I found out is the more I do that, the better things become. You know, um, I can ask God for direction, but I can't be the director, right? I can ask God to, like, ultimately help me, and I have to allow God to to take over. Um, Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. Karen A. Hello. Hi, Karen A. Okay, thank you. I didn't know if I was unmuted or not. Uh, Good morning, all. Uh, This is Karen A. from Michigan. And (laughs) I wait all year to hear us read and discuss this paragraph because it's my favorite one in the entire book. Um, To me, it covers every step, and it makes me know how much that my higher power has changed me because who do you know that wakes up in the morning excited to tell anyone that they are nothing? (laughs) But that's what this, this, this paragraph tells me. I wake up, the first thing I think is without you, I'm nothing. And that is so different from the way I used to be where I would wake up and I would say, okay, God, I need you to help me lose weight, you know, and I'd come back from the paying way and say, I asked you, you promised that if I asked, you would you would grant my wish. or And, you know, none of this was happening. Uh, and now I wake up and I say, without you, I'm nothing. Without you, I'm lost. And it feels so good because I'm not running the show anymore. (laughs) And who am I saying all this to? This higher power, without whom it says, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have this power take them. Well, I'm so glad that I'm not an atheist because who's going to take my sins if I'm an atheist? I, I have trouble with that. And so... I have thankfulness, I have gratitude, all because of what's in this paragraph. And so therefore, the last sentence says, I have not had a drink since. And I'm not one of those people who's taken back the sugar. You know, I'm not one of those people who have slipped, as they say, because to me, that would just be putting myself in denial of this power without whom I'm lost, I, you know. Either he is or he isn't. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen A. From Michigan, Christina J. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. From the state of Washington here, recovered. Thank God. Um, Came in at 2014 in division, but backtracking to a very comfortable OA room in 2012, I think it was, I heard this prayer for the first time, and the thing that really struck me on this third step prayer was uh, take away my difficulties of victory over them may bear witness to those I would help with thy love, thy power, and thy way of life. To me, that was just like, I want to do that. I want to bear witness to others about this wonderful God, right? But yet I couldn't stop eating. Um, And it took me until 2000 and... 
a year ago, I think, a year and a half ago, I can't remember. No, it was a year ago, to really realize what this third step prayer meant. Um, to do with me as he would. Placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction, that for the first time I was nothing without him. So it took me a long time to let go of control of my life, thinking I was God was behind me, saying, yeah, yeah, go, go, you got it right, girl. Um, do all those things you want to do, and, and I'm going to back you. Well, you know, it never worked out that way. And uh, until a year ago, I was standing on the porch, and I switched positions where I put him in the lead, and I took the back seat. Nothing would happen. Nothing was going to happen. I was out of, uh, my life was unmanageable, and I was out of ideas about how to do anything. And I sat in my chair, and I cried, and I began to realize what this prayer meant, that I needed to surrender all. And I talk about a lot about the control in life and a lot of how, you know, I was controlling because that was my main problem, centered in my mind. The food, I would go back and forth with the food in and out of relapse, but the main problem driving it for me was that mind that kept thinking I was going to handle everything. And what does that lead to when God's not in the driver's seat? It led me to continual irritable, restless, and discontent because things just wouldn't work out. I mean, I'd get little hits of little tiny things that would work out, and then I would grasp onto that like it was a big, fat, you know, root that I could hold onto. And really, it was just a flimsy reed of nothing. It was just like false hope and because God still wasn't leading. And, and it took me from last year until just three months ago, a little over three months, when I really got food neutrality, I mean a real good food neutrality, to really come to full surrender of um, letting God run my life. It takes me. It took me time, and I still work with it every day, to say, God, okay, it's your it's your thing. Uh, oh, I got this problem. Okay, let me do a 10-step or let me pray. Continual surrender, man, because I am just came out of the womb in a control mode. <laughs> so I'm so grateful today for all of you, and this, this meeting has been amazing, and I'm grateful that I get to surrender to something bigger than myself today, and I don't have to do it anymore. What freedom is that? I mean, sure, things don't happen in my time, but God mm-hmm. has a timing. If I look back at my life, everything has rolled out in perfect harmony. So um, God bless you all, and I pass. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Nessa R. Hi, good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in uh, Toronto, Canada. Um, I have a little bit of a different take on Bill's step work than the conventional wisdom. Um, I'm hoping I can convey that in a, an intelligible way or a somewhat intelligible way. But, um, you know, because of his spiritual experience that he had at Towns Hospital, you know, Bill was already aligned with God's will for him. Um, he was already, quote-unquote, surrendered, as people, have, as people like to say. And he... Um, so his step work was not something that he did to unblock himself from God because he was already unblocked. It was something that he did because that was God's will for him. He was following God's will. And so when he said this prayer and he inserted the word care and direction, and I know the word direction uh, was also included in his first draft of step three, which was taken out by his editors. 
but he was already under the direction of God, um, which is not the case, was not the case for me. You know, Satri has made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God. And so for me, step three was not aligning myself um, with God's will for me. It was uh, deciding that I'm going to do anything I need to do, i.e. steps four through 12, in order to unblock myself from God uh, and remain myself and remain unblocked uh, from God so that I could align my will um, with him. So it was a little bit of a, of, a, of a different process for me and a little bit of a more difficult process. But what I did in step three was not surrender. Uh, you know, and by the way, that, book is never, that word is never mentioned in the book because I couldn't surrender. I was so blocked. For me, that alignment came in step 11, you know, uh, because in steps four through nine, uh, I removed the blockages. In step 10, I... Uh, make sure the blockages don't recur by clearing away resentment fears as quickly as they as they appear. And then 11, that's when I have the real relationship, the real communication, um, two-way communication with God. Not when just I'm telling God what I want from Him, but more importantly, when God tells me what He wants from me. But Bill had that already. He had that because of his uh, his, experience, his spiritual experience. And I would say that that kind of threw me for a loop because when I got to step three and that wasn't happening for me, it was kind of a letdown. It wasn't until my sponsor taught me that uh, that's an unreasonable expectation uh, for step three. Step three is just a decision. You know, decide that you're going to start working step four as quickly as you can and continue with the rest of the steps as quickly as you can so you can get to that point. The bill... Uh, was already there, and that made all the difference in the world for me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Rebecca, are you still with us? Ah, thanks. <laughs> Once again, I forgot to unmute. I was saying thank you to Nessa R. in Toronto, Canada, and Elaine F., we have plenty of time. I was confused when I said we might not have time. Go right ahead. We've got a full three minutes. Elaine F. This is Elaine. Well, you were asking me? I, I, I was trying yeah. to listen. Okay. Thank just um, I just right want ahead. to say that um, what, this, what stands out for me, and thank you for this wonderful meeting and cheers. I've been listening for a long time, but I don't always share. I have a toddler here. Uh, humble, and the word humble stood out for me um, because if I am really in my ego and big and strong and think that I know everything, I cannot. This program is constantly beating my ego, beating, you know, I, I won't say it in a negative way. It It, it has help me to minimize me, 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 me. I want, I want, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that. And made me more, well, God-centered to me means more giving to others, more tolerant. So this is all, like, nice to talk about, but not easy to do. And um, even with shares here, I just want to share that, like, I think I have to have the best share. I have to say something profound. And, you know, I'm just a bozo on the bus working my program. I've been in program decades 
this is uh, this meeting has really just listening to the meeting has boosted my my recovery <laughs> um, incredibly, and I'm just another bozo on the bus doing the best I can. I'm not going to have the perfect share, the best share, and I don't have to like think I can't talk because I don't have a share as good as everyone else. That's one of the reasons I don't share, and that's again not being humble. You know, my humility. I have to turn my life over to God. I'm just trying and keeping abstinent. And any time that I feel like, when I feel very angry, um, I'm not accepting God's will because I want it my way, my way, my way. And if I am, you know, um, resentful, then um, you know not accepting people, and it just gives me the answers, but it has to be practiced every day. And I'm right dealing with my ninth step now, and I just have a hard time with it, and I guess that's also just being very humble and knowing that I'm not the best, and I'm not going to do uh, amends perfectly. And uh, anyway, I guess that's all I have to share for now. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine S. I think you're from New York. And we have time for one more two-minute share if anyone wants to take it. Chris M. Chris M., the floor is yours. Good morning. Thank you. Um, This is Chris M., a recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And um, when I hear this and his um, kind of submission to God's power and realizing, you know, this is the way to go for him now. It reminds me of when I um, decided that it was time for me to take on the family finances and finally get myself on a budget. And to me, budget was a a bad word and uh, it meant all the things I couldn't do. And I resisted it for years, even though I was um, guided by, you know, a, a family member who's in finances to say, you got to get on a budget. And I'm like, ah, no. And even my ex-husband were like, no, that's a, that's a dirty word. And finally, when things got bad back at, you know, in the 2008, 2009 and layoffs and all kinds of stuff, I said, I, I, need, to, I need to face this fear. And so I, 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 I went to a course and I learned how to do a family budget and I was really, really uh, determined and it turned everything around for us. And it was, the, it was the last thing I ever wanted to do was to give up my control over the money, even though it was a disaster, even though I always felt like I was broke and, and we weren't broke. You know, we had money, but we didn't know what the hell to do with it. And that's how I feel about now surrendering to a higher power and giving my life over to the care of God. It's something I never wanted to do because I always thought it was going to limit me. And in turn, in reality, it has given me freedom that I would have only hoped and prayed for. And uh, that's the um, kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, dichotomy or the, the something about you know, doing the thing that you don't want to do, which uh, I love that quote by Eleanor Roosevelt. We, you, we must do the thing that we don't want to do right. because that's the thing that brings us um, healing and, and it develops our character. And uh, uh, living by God's plan is, is the way to go for me today. And I'm so thankful for this program for bringing me there. Thank you, and I pass. 
Thank you, Chris M. from New York for wrapping us up. <clears throat> Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, October 27, 2020, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 15,640. That's 15640. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Margaret D. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Good morning. This is Margaret D. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning, Margaret. Thank you. Good. You're welcome. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.